Hello and welcome to a post-New Year episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gabe, we are back. I'm we happy to back. be back. It's been a it's, pretty it's been a pretty lengthy like hiatus for us. Yes, it's uh the 2020 holiday. It's complete. We are here in the new decade. Uh, we were gonna. I think we said last episode we were gonna record just before the Bell UK game. Kid got sick, so that just didn't happen. Um, but we're back. <laughs> it was. A, we were just talking before we hit record that it was. Um, it felt like a busier holiday, like a more like jam packed. Yeah, I think there was a lead up. Like weird juju in the air for it being the end of the decade. I was thinking a lot about how like last the last decade, I guess that I've lived through. There was a lot of panic before it because it was the whole Y two K thing. Yes. So this is like the, the the most like normal transformation decade that I that I've had, but it was filled with like stress. To be honest with you. Yeah, no question. And it was the Y two K thing was so funny because people made it to be like such a big deal that there was going to be like computer problems. And then thanks to the work of hardworking coders and scientists everywhere, it turned out. Okay. Save so, the world. So they saved the world for us. Someone was telling me the other day that it, like the people don't really know how much work went into that. I was like, okay, well, interesting. So <laughs> can you, can probably, you tell me? There's probably a long form about that. I don't know, but there's probably a long form article about it. If you want to go read it. My, so, uh, my grandpa was one of those preppers, um, really? for Y2K. So he was on the front cover of the Kentucky standard, which is the Barstown, um, newspaper of course. on the front cover with a, uh, a 12 pack of toilet paper. That was the thing he picked to pose with, which is really funny. Um, but he had like three, four generators. Um, that's amazing. Almost all the type of dry food that you can possibly imagine um, and was really, really prepared for it. So, yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Uh, But, Chris, we, you know, we're late to the punch, but we did want to talk about our best moments of last decade. Uh, We have two that we wanted to talk about, because if we had said Louisville sports, we probably would have both said the national championship. Yeah. Um, so we are going to do a non U of L sports moment and then a best Louisville moment that doesn't have to do with sports. Yeah. So Chris, what's your favorite? What was your best, biggest non U of L sports moment um, of the decade? I would. I've kind of went back and forth on this, and you may say the other one, so I'm not going to say it now. Um, but the USA Sylvania go from Landon Donovan was just like the perfect like emotion thing for me because it was 2010. So I was. It was the summer before I went to went to U of L. I'd already graduated. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally just like home by myself watching the World Cup and just great summer. Yeah. I mean, just everything like that summer, like that team and and what they did and and just the emotion of a World Cup and the way they scored and every I think the the thing that's like really cool about that play is it's one of the few soccer plays, at least one that I can remember that that was so significant where like every like key member of the team touched the ball. It went from, from Tim Howard to, I'm pretty sure there was a fender in there to Dempsey. Like eight different people. I think, or I think it was seven different people touched the ball before it went into the net from Howard on. And I just remember like, Running outside. Yeah, I ran out. I, I, I remember running out of the house <laughs> watching it. It was Yeah, and there's there's few moments in sports that have caused me to run outside. And that is one of them in Montrez Harrell's Alley Hoop. And I think the Louisville Final Four, um, when they beat Florida, are the three that I can really remember it. And that may be it. Um, so it, it, it has to be that one for me, personally. That's It's a good one. Uh, I You alluded to it, and I, I feel like... The other moment for me that was just like a holy effing shit. This is like the craziest thing I've ever seen is the <laughs> LeBron block, yeah. uh, the chase down block yeah. um, in the NBA finals. And just like, that's not really a moment, but like the coming back from down three, one as, as people who listen to this may know, I'm a big warriors hater <laughs> and I'm a big LeBron fan. Yeah. And so just watching him, it was just like one of those, like, this is a like, your kids are going to see this and be like, wow, like, what was that like? And be like, just no, that, that was out of my mind. Like, that's, that's just like one of the 10 greatest moments in sports I'll probably ever witness. That's his <laughs> Jordan jazz shot. Yeah, like that, no question. That no is. Question. It's funny, like, my brother, huge, like, Jordan stan. Um, and, and for Christmas, he kind of bought himself a, a Christmas gift of, like, the pano of that Jordan mm-hmm. shot on the jazz. And 
That's funny that you mentioned that because I, I can imagine now that, that kids growing up that are LeBron stands or even adults are going to have that picture somewhere in their, in their man cave or something like that because it is like, that is a very iconic moment. And just bringing, bringing it back to Cleveland is, I, I saw a lot of lists and I, I couldn't imagine, that was one of those I can't imagine it not being in someone's like top five. Yeah. That that that's like a must. That's uh, if it was on your list, I don't know who you are. Like yeah. you, I don't know. I feel like, it, and that just felt like the most transcendent finals too. Even though I mean, even though they had just had it the year before, it just felt like even the, like the Canada, like the the Toronto Canada one felt really really big, but still not on a level that was as big as that Cleveland Warriors finals. I think the Raptors thing is interesting because to me that felt like a little it just felt fake. In some ways, oh. just because like the Warriors were wounded, like I I yeah, know, no, it no, was. like I know they beat the Warriors, and that was that was the end of the dynasty. Like it is, it was the end of the dynasty, and that was the nail in the coffin. But it just, I I, I love Kawhi Leonard. I, I know we both listen to Bill Simmons, and they kind of talk <laughs> about the 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 summer of like Kawhi and how that whole thing. Like he's like was like one of the most important people of of 2019 he won but, 2019 is what yeah. is what they said yeah yeah <laughs> which that, it was it was a fun podcast but i was just like ah, some of these things yeah, yeah, but anyway yeah um but i don't know that that's a weird that whole that whole series is is weird for me so local moment story i'll uh-huh. go i can go first for this yeah one. you should you, go you first. Have yours? i should no. go first i think i've got it and you're gonna laugh at me and people listening to this podcast are gonna laugh at me but i've got reasonings <laughs> I think the building of the downtown bridge. That is pretty funny. Or even both. I don't know. Because since I moved here, I moved here in 97. People have been telling me that they are going to build like two more bridges mm-hmm. since then. Yeah. And I think they were even talking about it like years before that. So I think just the combination of that, like three years of traffic we had to deal with. Leading up to that, and then now this BS toll system that's gonna ruin our lives for the next fifty years. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's a it's a perfect local story for sure. It's a perfect local story, and I don't know if uh, if if you're listening and you haven't read, I think it's Chris Otts for WDRB like covers the bridge for them. Um, it was Chris Otts, and there was another guy who did it. I is wish it we green? could remember his name. It Mar- is green, Marcus it's Green. green. Yeah. Marcus Green. I'm sorry, Marcus, if you're listening, uh, which I'm sure you're not, but <laughs> Marcus Marcus did a great job of covering the bridge stuff, and he wrote like a the decade in the bridge article that i really recommend and Mm -hmm. he just talked it just goes over if you're not aware of how terribly run the river tolls company is like don't become aware with it because it'll make you so upset about how things happen because it's just the worst run organization i've ever heard of yeah (laughs) it's my understanding is still that they don't really have a way that they can ensure that the tolls get collected no there's no, no I like think it's like it, only like seventy percent of tolls are actually collected because like typically, I mean, uh, well, this is kind of a bad like comparison, but if you have like a, a parking ticket and you're about to graduate at U of L, they can like <laughs> like stop you from graduating. They can like hold your graduation or, or stop you from like signing mm-hmm. up for classes. But I don't even think when you like renew your tags, even if you have outstanding tolls, that that they can do anything about that. I don't think yeah. they have any withstanding, which is really funny. Um, that's a good one. Um, the bridges is a good one because like that goes into, like you said, the early two thousands about painting bridges and everything else. Um, I, I think for me, it's going to be different than the one I told you before the podcast. I think it's just the top golf story, dude. I really do (laughs) because there's, there's not anything. It is the quintessential Louisville story. of the. It, it, It illustrates perfectly the challenges that Louisville face in the next decade. And I say this as a person, I think it's a good proxy for the challenges that Louisville face in the next decade. But like, I'm not, I'm by no means saying like, oh, Louisville can't succeed without Top Golf. It's not I think that. It just, it just underlines the thinking and the confrontations that will, you know, that will decide whether this city moves forward or like stays stagnant. Yeah, I mean, because if if Top Golf wouldn't have happened, it would have happened with one park. 
But yes. it was, I think one park was a little bit of a lesser blow because Top Golf had already happened and it was such a huge deal. People were just like, we're not fucking going through this again. <laughs> so they were just like, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll draw some consolations and, and this will happen. But to me, I think, yeah, I think, I think the thing about the one part that like, and we kind of talked about this is that everyone's kind of, yeah, the traffic part of it is, is kind of rough, but I think like there are some people at play who like, they think they'll lose money if top golf happens, right? They think that they're going to like have trouble, you know, succeeding, you know, uh, you know, in ventures because of top golf. When I think everyone stands to make money from one park, the yeah. people at least around it, if that makes sense. I, I don't know. The, the top golf thing for me was it, it's one of the, the few local issues that I can recall that was a daily conversation on sports radio. Yes. Um, and when you're talking about top golf over college basketball, then you know it's a significant story if it's happening yeah. in Louisville, Kentucky. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the one for me. No question. No question. Uh, I think those are pretty good stories, Chris. And there was a pretty good story over the past few weeks, two big ones regarding Louisville sports that we're going to get to, uh, a game that we're not too fond of the result, and yeah. one, another game that we're fond of the result, but uh, not sure how big it is. So we're going to hit the intro, and on the other side, we'll talk about both the UK game and the bowl game. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris, to talk about Louisville sports yet again. Uh, (laughs) Struggling against the Kentucky Wildcats. The Cardinals go down. 78 to 70 in an overtime battle in Rupp Arena. Uh, a story of two halves, um, a story of people showing up, people not showing up, um, a story of, uh, you know, I, 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 we can talk about it later. The, the, uh, the Memorial Award, the Dominic Hockey Memorial Award. I don't know who we're going to give it to. We'll, I think we'll reveal that. I don't even have that in the nose. I'm just spring that on Chris right now. Yeah. Um, but Chris, what you, you've been talking, you had a great tweet breakdown of observations you had, and I think you have some specific points, you know, kind of looking back on this, we've been able to experience the, you know, the response, the response, the response, and I'm ready to hear you respond to the response to the response <laughs> from this game. It's, what, 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 what are the big things that you're still thinking about almost a, you know, a week and a half later? It's good that we had a little time to, to let this simmer. I think it's the proper response, like to give us a little, you know, bit to, to kind of digest things because there was a lot out there. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, Jordan Moore. We're going to talk about Fresh Gimble. We're going to talk about Ryan McMahon. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about a lot of different angles. Um, but for me, I've just got so goddamn sick and tired of people having this flyover <laughs> analysis that this was just another Louisville, get Louisville, Kentucky game because that's simply not true. To me, it's it's so, so lazy to look at this game and just throw all the analysis out and say, you know, Louisville lost because they were playing Kentucky and they choked, and that's what happens in this game. That's dumb and stupid to me. This team responded in a huge way in the second half, in a way that I you can put take any Rick Pitino team that he had to rep and put them in that situation, and I'm going to say every single one of them phoned, including the national championship team at that juncture. Because I, I, it's what happened to them all the time, anytime in Rupp Arena. And this team responded in a way that was unlike any bull team that I've seen in a, <laughs> in a very long time. So I think that's a significant part of the story. I am sick of losing to Kentucky, and I'm right there with you. But mm-hmm. I, I think some of the analysis is just being thrown out the window about how this team responded. And that, that to me, it just extremely frustrates me. So that's kind of where I just want to, you know, the tip of the iceberg, if you will, uh, to start this conversation. We can go down a lot of different avenues, and I'm sure we will. Yeah, no, I th- I think those are good points, and and you know, it wasn't it wasn't the same game. I don't know. I mean, I think we've seen this Louisville team really lay eggs. This felt to me like 
a really rough first half that was followed by a Louisville team really taking the reins in the second half. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of feeling like, okay, you know, we lost this game, but we're coming out and there are, you know, three to five points that I can take and feel better about the potential outcome for this year. I'm tired of that. I, I think I'm, you know, I do in some ways feel better about Louisville, you know, winning the ACC at this point, um, just because of who emerged. Um, you know, I think nothing. Darius Perry had a, a good game. This we'll talk about Fresh Kimball excessively, but obviously this was his best game in a Cardinal uniform. And I think there's some hints and clues that he's finally coming into his own and and going to be an important part of this team going forward. Well, has to be certainly, but I but I think you know that he can be. I think up until this point we didn't know if he could be, mm-hmm. and I think he certainly can at this point. Um, but I, I just keep coming back to the disappointment, the frustration. Um, Louisville is, I, 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 they just they they never show up for this game, and 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 they did they did show up in a different way this that, time. I mean that's that's the part that annoys me right there. Is like they they did it, it, it happened. But yes, yes, they because did it in Gabe, some ways. Gabe, what happens is is every time. I'm just supposed to assume that because the the words BBN are uttered that the the Louisville basketball team is just going to fall on the ground and and fall at the feet and forget how to play basketball. And that's just not what happened. No, that that definitely isn't what happened. I think I think in the case of Jordan War, it, it did a little bit, but yeah. we can talk about that. But I think whole holistically, Louisville. If if we can't say Louisville didn't. Let's let's not say that Louisville didn't show up, but let's say that Kentucky did. Kentucky, th- this was the best game Kentucky's played all season. Yeah, uh, would would you agree with I me would on agree that? With you, yes. So I think if anything, I'm tired of that being the case. I'm tired. I'm tired of the of the the consistent emotion of going through a December and be like, ah, oh, we could beat these guys, and then they show their best effort. Um, the, the cure for every December Kentucky basketball ill is playing Louisville at the end of that month, yeah. and um, so that's frustrating. Did but you, I think uh, I definitely go ahead. Did, did you see the uh, the video that um, Kentucky released a few days ago, like just kind of leading up to yes. the game and and, yes. and John Calipari's early comments about basically if you if you make Louisville do basketball plays, you'll see what happens because they want to beat you so bad. That that was yeah. that was kind of paraphrasing, but that was sort of his quote. No, it was basically the point, and I think. I think when it came to a few of the shots, I think, you know, I think Ryan McMahon was ice cold. You don't need me to tell you that. Um, uh, and I think Jordan Wara, you know, was very poor. You know, Wara was one for six from three. Um, McMahon was one for five. And, but I think in many situations in that second half, Louisville stepped to Kentucky. I mean, what they came, they came back down 12 at one point. Yeah. I mean, they, they had the, not even that they had the lead in overtime off of Jordan war a three with two and a half minutes. And I know we talked about reading Mike Rutherford today. I was yeah. right. I was right there with him when, when Jordan war hit that three, I thought it was over. Yeah, when uh, Micah had some lingering thoughts on Louisville's loss to Kentucky, we'll toss that in the show notes if you recommend it. He talks about that first three. Even even I think Jordan, I think he hit a, an and one at some point early in the second half, and that's when I first started with, like, okay, here we go. Like, uh, it's it's rolling now. Um, do you want to go ahead and talk about Aura? Yeah, can I, can I ask you something before we jump into the Jordan Wara discussion? Please do, please do. If this series was tied over the last five years, how different would you feel about this game and what happened? Oh, I wouldn't be as upset. Okay. That, that's, upset. that's a short answer because it's it's not relevant or whatever. That's no, not the case, I, but I was just curious. Let's I just, go into that. Because I think, I, and we talked about it in, in the preview you know, the, the, that we did, uh, the, the mini preview, sort of just like the feelings of, of transit, you know, is that is that this is this sounds really lame but is that like that shared kind of vibe that bad feeling about uk games that we had with the patino like it felt like patino cared too much yeah and i think maybe that's where cal's thought is from right yeah is i mean he knew patino cared too much and that's patino. like that's like that was like my frustration is because i don't i don't think that's fair to like throw that bad towards mac <laughs> No, and that's the point, right? Is that I think every Louisville fan is coming out here and and 
and now ready to transfer those vibes to Chris Mack when we were hoping last year the team wasn't prepared and that team was still figuring itself out. So I don't really put it on that team. Um, But this season it felt like, for all intents and purposes, this is the game Louisville should have won. Yeah. And it had every and it had every all you know every reason to win. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's tough. You do, let's maybe talk about Jordan. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that I mean that's fine. I, I I just think for 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 purposes of kind of analyzing this game, I I think it's fair to to, to just view everything independently. I don't know. No, I think that's fair. Um, I think that's fair. If you yeah. take this and if this is a game in a vacuum, then definitely. Yeah. If it's if we haven't, you know, if we're talking about this is not the, you know, this is the 11th loss in 10 years to Kentucky in basketball. That sucks. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a story, <laughs> but I'm like from like the 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 fans and and all that nonsense and Twitter and everything like that. I think it is actually like more significant this year than it has been in the past and with Chris Mack because Chris Mack and John Kyle Perry are going head to head on the recruiting trail. Probably more. I think the only one that I can really, really remember with Rick and and Cal was Trey Lyles. I mean, there, I'm sure there's other people well, in Teague, there. You also had Teague. Yeah, you had Teague. You had Marcus Teague, and, but there wasn't a whole lot. But we've already there wasn't a ton. We've already yeah. had one with with um, who was the kid that that went to Kentucky over over Louisville recently. I'm forgetting um, his name. For, point guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't believe we were both forgetting his name. That's really. It's funny. okay. He's not that important then. Um, but yeah, I, I think from that <laughs> standard, it's a little bit more on important. Next year. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's just let's just talk about Jordan um, and everything that happened in that game. And you know, you like I said before, you had these national folks that were tweeting out at halftime when Lowell was down eight that Lowell was running into the same problem that they did against Texas Tech. That you know, you shut down Jordan Moore, and where's your secondary scoring from? Um, lo and behold, Louisville came out. Um, Kentucky actually kind of ballooned the lead a little bit. I think it went to to twelve. I believe. I think was, twelve was the highest. Was, was. It, was twelve was the highest lead? That's I'm um, looking at the win prob chart. That's yeah. I think that's correct. Jordan Moore goes to the bench. Um, Louisville comes all the way back, ties it. I think it was a twelve to two run. May have been twelve to four, but nonetheless they tied it um, before he came back in, and then you know uh, kind of traded the lead back and forth to to end the half. Um, so there's that part of it. There's the part of Jordan Moore being an absolute no-show for, you know, 90 to 95% of the game and to a further extent letting that affect other parts of his game um, and, and how we kind of thought that may have been past us, um, but, but clearly it's not. So, so where do you want to start in that discussion? I think, I don't know, uh, maybe some setup is, is, is required because – my, you know, Jordan comes back to this team uh, and I think sets himself up for the expectation to be a leader. And then I'm sort of, I've found myself since this game thinking about uh, this, another lame point, but it was, it was a very sports radio story that Jordan wasn't named a captain. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, it was an eyebrow raise. It wasn't a, you know, red alert for me, but it was an eyebrow raise. It was a story. It was a story. And I, I'm coming in and, and you know, not to keep jumping off what Mike said, but he kind of listed it out really well where, you know, Wara just not only was was he was he playing poorly but he was making it clear that his performance was bothering him and you're right it affected their points of his game uh if you look back at the replay of the final game the final play of regulation i mean keon brooks should have ended that game the game should have ended there yeah the game should have ended there and he should have ended it because jordan war wasn't playing wasn't playing aware aware d he wasn't he wasn't paying attention yeah I mean, I think, you, you know, you kind of texted me, you may not feel the same way, but in the emotions after the game, I kind of picked your brain and, and wanted to, you know, circle back to any like mm-hmm. things you were thinking then. And you kind of talked about how you really were just really kind of tired of, of the stuff of grime and man. And I get that. But for me, there's, there's zero excuse. There's just, there's just none. I mean, you come back you're you're a fringe first rounder as it is you come back to improve your draft stock you go to you know live alive say all these things there's there's big talk from from everyone and then you come out and you you miss a few buckets you have a few plays run ran for you and it affects everything 
It affects your body language. Mm-hmm. It affects you blocking out. It affects your defense. It affects your intensity. And all because the basket isn't going in. And that's that's just not okay. And it, it's not good enough. And there's just no excuses for it. There's excuses for having a bad game. There's excuses for missing shots. There's excuses for missing a, a defensive rotation. But there's no excuse to let it affect just your hustle in a rivalry game. And against a team that you've never beat in your career. I, I mean, yeah. I, I really don't know what you can say about it. Um, I, I, kudos to you because this may have been a month or you know, two months ago at this point, but you were the first person I heard mention about how you were looking for that vocal like leader yeah. on this team. Yeah, um, and Max been talking about it the past few games. He he, he has, um, and it, it's not been from Jordan. Um, it's not really been from from Sutton, although he's he's kind of let his play speak for himself. But but that's another one of those things with him that's just like, man, I wish I wish there was something. Yeah, it's it's you know I keep saying it's like who's going to be the trez of the team? Who's going to be the guy that just gets up and faces and 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 says let's let's do this? Like what are we doing? Um, and you know at one point I I mentioned the the Wara he he hit the and one you know which he ended up missing the free throw if I recall um, you know got fouled went to the line but at, right after he the bucket went in i saw fresh kimball go up to immediately chest bumping like getting his face like this is it so maybe that's a guy that you know and mike mentioned that as well that's a guy who could maybe do that yeah i, I do want to talk about the fresh stuff um we can circle back to that to a little bit but i, I just uh, no but that's one thing you you would hope that jordan comes back and does that's yeah. what he's looking for i mean and not to come you know i this is not apples and apples but like you think of cassius winston a guy who comes back in a similar situation, uh, a lower end first round pick likely in the NBA draft. He comes back because he's the leader of the, of the Spartans because he's the leader in Michigan state because he wants to, to get his team to a, a title, to a final four. And he's very, he's the vocal leader of the team and there's no question about it. And Jordan has never been that person. And maybe it was cruel of us to expect him to be that, but I think we just need, but, and it's hard for me because I don't listen. Like there, these are these are twenty year old kids, right? I don't well, want, we we should keep that in perspective for sure. And I don't want you know I I never I'm never the person who talks about sulking, who talks about pouting, because I just don't like to. I don't like to point out those things because I don't know what's going on with kids, but yeah, it's, I think it, it has become a consistent type of thing where, um, when Jordan isn't hitting shots, he, he lets it affect the other parts of his game, but that's I, the easiest I, way to say it. I think something that's interesting, especially given like the way this fan base is, is and the way that they will rally and defend any person that they feel has been slighted at all. Mm-hmm. When Jordan Moore was getting all these preseason accolades, and we talked about it, you know, on on the show, on the podcast, so for a long time, he was the odds-on favorite to, you know, be the player of the year, preseason All-American, maybe would finish as the second mm-hmm. All-American that we've pretty much seen in our life. There may have been other ones in the, mm-hmm. the, the, the 90s, but I'm not sure we really remember those. And we asked each other if we really thought Jordan was one of those guys, and I, I don't think either one of us did. And I don't think it was anything about like talent or, or, or something like that. It was just like we've kind of seen this dance before, seen him get completely shut out of a game. Every player in college basketball this season is going to have a game where they're going to get shut out and they're going to have a bad scoring night. But the leader, the best player on the team – isn't going to have those nights where they let it completely shut down the rest of their game. And I think that is, that's the story here. It's not about him going eight for 20 or whatever happened. It's everything else. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I'm not, I, I'm just, the, man, the, I'm the not, shot, the shot going in for him in overtime was nice to see. I will say that. It was nice to see. And as we said, that, that was a moment where I was like, okay, Jordan's back. Jordan's on. Here we go. We're going on a run, and we're gonna we're gonna run out of this place. L's up, and it, it <laughs> oh man! Uh, speaking question, speaking of runs, what did what did that run say to you with him being on the bench? I mean, what? that that to me was honestly, if we're looking back at this, that was the most not the most telling, but the most interesting part of the game for me. 
That's the most impressive thing I've seen from a Louisville basketball team since the Big East tournament against Syracuse. I said it right then and there. No, it, truly it is. Given the, given the circumstances, given the history of the rivalry, given the dynamics of this team, given the narratives of this team, um, given that you know point guard play was the story in this particular game, and the way that Louisville stepped up and who stepped up and how it happened, I, I don't know. That was one of the more impressive second halves that I've seen from Louisville basketball in a really long time. I and completely then, agree. That was I part of the reason. Agree. And, 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 you know, you were talking about people comparing this to other games. And I, I saw some people talking about, oh, we didn't perform at the line. We didn't shoot the, th- you know, we showed, shot below average on threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just like Duke. No, 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 no. Like this, th- yes, those are, those are issues. And um, obviously the crowd got to the, to the free throw line. Obviously that was an, that was a problem for some guys, but this was about battling back. This was about this was not about blowing a lead and being able to see the team back against the wall without their best player. You're you're, you're right. It was it was very very impressive. And I mean, even even the balls of Mac to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, he kept him on the bench because things were going well, so it's obviously a lot easier to do that. But that said something to me about Chris Mack. I, truly, I mean, to, to to take your best player out in that situation. Um, that said a lot to me. Yeah. So I, I Louisville, it was it was thirty eight to twenty six at I think it was uh the seventeen minute mark. Mm-hmm. Then Louisville takes it, they make it forty to forty one by the thirteen minute mark. So it's a five minute stretch of just that's just that's clawing back. And that's what great teams do. And yeah, it didn't end with a W, but that's just that's the those are the that's the one thing I said and I sort of talked about it a little bit um, in our in in a few of the episodes before the UK game. I've noticed this team can do the boom thing. Yeah, they no, can no, do that. that. That's a really good point. I was pretty despondent like after the Texas Tech game. I didn't really let it show on here too much. Yeah. Um, but I felt totally different about this loss than I did after Texas Tech. Um, that's that's for sure. Um, that because makes sense. there were not really many things to sell after Texas Tech. I think you chalked down Texas Tech to this team growing and this team learning, and they did do that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's kind of awesome. Do you want to talk a little it. bit about Fresh? Yes. Can we mention real quick that Chris Mack saying that Kentucky doesn't run a lot of stuff and it getting Kentucky fans absolutely furious is one of the funniest things I've ever that that in also the local social media account using the finish hashtag and Kentucky fans not realizing that they've used that for every game this season yeah. was also hilarious. So I just wanted to mention that. No, <laughs> it, it does go to show how little, you know, you know, some, how people put on the blinders and pants. Louisville fans do the same thing. Apparently Louisville fans uh, said terrible things uh, to our good friend, Matt Jones, because he posted a graphic about Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, Louisville fans, you know, everyone does it. I think some people do it more than others, yeah. um, um, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of knock out all the little funny narratives no, that happened well, in the, it was, the Louisville it was Kentucky fun, game. I don't know if there's anything else you got. It was a funny, got. weird little game, man. It was like that, that happening. Um, Papa John. After everyone had just taken, you know, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't Darius Perry's greatest game, but I think he played really well. Everyone talked about how terrible he was. He didn't have a single turnover. Yeah, you know, back, the, three assists, uh, the entire backcourt didn't have a uh, turnover. What about the uh, the Papa John sighting? Was that was that was that? Oh hilarious? my gosh! Oh man, who's you know? Shout out! I don't know if people have seen his Instagram account. Um, he's going to do 50, 50 pizzas in thirty days. He's totally going to become like an ironic celebrity now. Um, he kind of already is in like weird Twitter. Yeah. Man, we, yeah. I, I, I just feel like there's like, is there some type of like Papa John brand coming? Or is it just going to be like one of those things where it's like a Rick a Rex Chapman situation where he's just like posting videos every day and they're like, oh, Papa's up to it again. It's hilarious. Ha, I, think ha, it's, ha. I think it's almost, yeah, I think it's like a, he doesn't realize that he's a clown. Oh, I think no. I think he embraces it now. You think I, he does. Yeah, I, I, I mm. think the new. I th- don't think he was at first, but I think the latest video is is him embracing it. Totally. Okay, maybe. It could go either way. Um, the 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 Papa Bless video was definitely like him authentic, like being a hundred percent serious. <laughs> that so was the thing. Is I think he's just authentically a lame dude. <laughs> have you ever Have you ever like met him or spoke to him? No. no. Okay. 
I, I used to, I worked at a Starbucks back in the day and he came into that <laughs> Starbucks story. all the time um, and got, he got like a latte with Splenda in it, which is, it tells me a lot about him as a person. Um, can I ask you a question about this? Yes. Did he ever give you a pizza coupon? He did not. He dropped a hundred dollars, a hundred dollar bill in the tip jar one day, which is great. Cause I've heard that people who see him out in, in about, I've, I've met several people who like seen him out and about like, Hey, Papa John, but Hey, what's up? Here's a free pizza coupon. <laughs> this is like a Willy Wonka situation. <laughs> it almost. is. It's really weird. <laughs> if we're going to talk, we're going to talk really quick about Bill Mary. Yeah. And listen, I, I'm his facial hair is awful, by the way. Let me, I'm, 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 Chris, I'm, I'm going to stake a corner out and people you're going to do it. I know what you're going to do. People are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be mad at me for staking this corner, uh, but I'm planning a flag here, Chris. Is He's bad luck. He's bad luck. And I don't know if I want him to come to many more games. He's only, he's been to like four Louisville games and they won one of them, Chris. So who's who's the turn? Like, how do we change this bad luck? If is there any way we can reverse it and like bring someone into the game that hasn't been there for a while? Because the I, I, someone pointed out he was wearing a Maker's Mark hat, and the Maker's Mark owners are UK fans. <laughs> so there's that. Um, you know, I'm trying Bob to think. Stoops got a Maker's Mark battle for winning two games, so. Uh, I just had to throw that in there. That I'm trying to think if we can like or Bob Stoops, Mark Stoops, not Bob. That's the same thing. Um, <laughs> if we can like redo the re- hold on a second, I just realized exactly what you said about the Maker's Mark bottle. That will never <laughs> not be funny, by the way. Even though he won, he's won many games since then. That, it's just that one it was is, the funniest. That thing. would never not be funny. Um, now you've got me thinking of like, is there anybody that we can bring? To a game that can reverse this bad juju that J Law J Law's over. I don't. I mean, before she got famous, I don't know what her record was, but he, she's over mm-hmm. as well. So I think the celebrity thing is she's not going great. It's not. Is there any other just like weird celebrity? Um, we have J Law. There's there's one more I'm missing that's very important. You got Tupac. We have Tupac. Let's bring the Tupac. Let's bring the Tupac hologram back at halftime. Why not? Sit next to John Blue courtside. The Tupac hologram. We're doing it. He's gonna. We're gonna be undefeated with Tupac. Man, this has gone off the rails. Let's talk about fresh gimbal now. It's eight. It's eight forty. We have nothing is happening to us. Yeah, Um, I mean, I guess we're both using those Christmas gifts. I'm drinking that Weller, and you're drinking the new beer. So yeah, I'm drinking one beer. It's my first beer of that tonight. Exactly one beer. Okay, Um, Fresh Kimball. Let's talk about him. No, but I was ready to write Fresh Kimball off, Chris. Yes, we both were, I think. We both were. So I think the performance, you know, I'll break down the stat line really quick. Uh, 29 minutes, 12 points, 3 of 6 from 2, 2 of 3 from 3. Uh, he missed both at the free throw line, and he, you know, he's been shooting like eighty percent. Four assists, <laughs> two steals. Uh, no Louisville players were in foul trouble. Just want to mention that real quick. Remember how much we talked about that? Yeah. Um, well, I guess I guess Enoch and, and Malik had four fouls um, at the end of it, but I, they, you know that wasn't that wasn't a factor. Kentucky still uh, shot more free throws, which is hilarious. Yeah, even Kentucky. St- <laughs> Kentucky still shot more free throws, and at one point, I think it was. Ten, it was like eight fouls to two, eight little eight fouls on Kentucky, two fouls. Yeah, I have no idea how that at happened. One point. It's remarkable that it happened, but it did. That's, wow. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, Fresh Kimball comes in, plays an excellent game. I, I think you know. I, I don't want to make this about Ryan McMahon, who didn't have as good of a game, but. I think he's definitely earned the minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, the minutes that re- people were ready to give to David Johnson, I'm ready to give to Fresh Kimball. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the David Johnson thing has just became so weird because people don't even, like, know. They don't know about David Johnson. They think yeah. they know because he played at Trinity, and he's played a few games, and he had an alley hoop as his first basket. And that's – we'll talk about Fresh. We'll get to David Johnson. But, yes – Fresh doing the things that he did in this game was absolutely totally unexpected. And the first time really that I can remember in this game that we've had a guy just completely come out of nowhere and ball like that. Even Quentin Snyder, Mm -hmm. that that was kind of like, it wasn't expected, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Um, 
if if Louisville wins this game, the narratives about him are are pretty remarkable. But I'm right with you. Um, you know, if you want to go Dari, Darius and Fresh at the one two, I am totally fine with that. Um, I've been kind of tracking you know the the numbers here for the last few days about like yes yeah. the the backcourt's performances against like top 100 opponents. Um, and, and right now, Fresh Kimball offensive rating 91, which is pretty average, pretty solid. Um, box plus minus plus six, seven, which is really good. Um, his field goal percentage is still not really where you want it to be 39%. Like to see that good closure, like 45, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And then assist to turnover ratio is now one and a half assists to one turnover. Um, you you, kind of want a point guard to, in my mind, kind of reflect some of the numbers that Quentin Snyder was able to post up his his senior year. I think that would be ideal. Uh, That may be reaching a little too high, um, but that would would be pretty ideal. And and Fresh is getting closer to those numbers. So that's, you know, that's that's one of those things that I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, this team, you know, isn't going to go somewhere without freshmen contributing. And I want to talk about that a little bit, but I I do think that's one of those things that can kind of replace that narrative. If you have fresh turning into a scorer and turning into a distributor, then maybe you don't need the freshman contributing as much as as we originally thought. Right. Um. So yeah, there's that. Um. There's there's the whole thing about who plays the two. It, 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 you know, it's funny because like there's a reason coming into this season that I was really gun ho about Samuel Williamson playing the two. Obviously that hasn't hashed out, but there's a reason I had that opinion. Of course. Um, and it's kind of some of the situations that we're running into now. It's weird because like all the narratives that we had preseason are kind of turning out to be right for both of us, but we did have to throw those <laughs> out for a little bit for a few weeks <laughs> because they weren't right. But now, but now things are happening that we thought would happen. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's hella interesting. Minus the, minus the fresh Kimball stuff. I think a lot of the narratives that are, that are unveiling themselves is pretty much happening. Like we kind of expect it. Yeah. The fresh thing, I'm really interested in seeing how he, how he plays against Florida state here on Saturday. You want to see that follow up something solid. I need to see the follow up. I need to see if it was an aberration. I don't, I, it didn't strike me as the type of thing that was an aberration because I mean, even if you look at the fact that, okay, he had 12 points, but it just felt, especially during that run. I don't know how many of those points were during that run where, where war was out, but I know he was on the court for an extended period of time during that run. He felt like the type of calming influence, the type of, you know, floor general leadership that this team has been looking for. And nothing was forced. Nothing was forced. It all felt natural. He ran the offense effectively. I th- I remember there were a few times where, you know, he was able to avoid turnovers. Um, you know, it, it, we were, we've been talking, we were talking before this, before recording about Florida state, you know, causes a lot of turnovers, especially, you know, more than Kentucky. And so I think this will be in a special test for him and for Darius Perry as well. Uh, can they continue what I thought? I thought that was a good performance, um, you know, from the Louisville, you know, a relatively solid performance that in, in nine out of 10 games gets Louisville a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's if you if you if you had listed the stat lines of Perry and Kimball, uh and, and said, okay, the Louisville win or lose? You'd say, oh, yeah, they won for sure. Yeah, and I mean, just, uh, you're not expecting those kinds of points and that kind of performance, especially no turnovers and decent amount of assists. You're just not expecting that. And we um, haven't mentioned free throw shooting too much in this podcast, and I we can limit it to this little slither of 30 seconds. <laughs> Louisville shoots 12 from 20 in the free throw line, they win the game in regulation. Yeah, they make three more free throws to win the game in the regulation. They make yeah. they make four more free throws. Whatever you know, have it. Jordan War has an average game. They win the game in regulation. Um, you could even go as far to say Stephen Enoch has a little bit more post ups early in the game. They win the game in regulation. I'll even go that far. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but those are things to keep in mind. There's a lot. There's just a lot of like grandstanding conversation about this game that has just annoyed me. I don't know why it's annoyed me so much, but it just like the whole thing about, oh, nothing's changed about this team. This is the same team that lost to Minnesota because they have the same like contributions from player. Basically, Fresh Kimball is, you know, Christian Cunningham and everyone's the, the same. 
I don't think you can like underestimate an additional year of coaching, particularly when this group had kind of missed a year of coaching with David mm-hmm. Padgett. I also don't think you can that that that's magnified when you have this this style of defense that Mac wants to play in the pack line defense. This team last year is light years ahead defensively. Right. Light years. Right. And also right. you have to you have to put it in the conversation of where college basketball is this year. It is a different story this year. We don't have a team as good as Texas Tech in my book. At least right now. Yeah. No question. So I think people need to slow down a little bit on saying, you know, if Louisville freshmen don't contribute it to this team, this team's not going to meet their goals. You would love to see that happen, but I, I just think people need to slow down a little bit. But since we've kind of like, I've seen it kind of broach that topic, we can talk about, you know, Samuel Williamson, David Johnson. Any like thoughts about those guys? I mean, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't expect David Johnson to do a ton in this game just because all the expectations that guys have on, on people. I mean, it took, it took Quentin. I mean, Quentin, I think had like a terrible first game as well yeah. against Kentucky. I mean, he didn't have his, his great game until his senior year. Yeah. Um, it just takes guys, especially local guys, a ton of, it's a ton of time to get applicable acclimated excuse me uh to the rivalry so I, I i didn't you know him not doing a lot sam williamson i i i remember like the first two fouls he got were like i was like super eh that's the, that, that's the part that troubles me though yeah that's i mean i think we we thought you know the best case scenario for sam was him just being trey young <laughs> and uh well you know shooting wise at least and scoring wise and uh that's just not happening and, I, 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 and he's gonna be here like, for at least two more a year maybe two yeah i mean i think you need i, I kind of just like maybe i'll argue with myself a little bit here but i think you do need one of those guys to do something i think you there's, need there's it. gonna have to be times where they show up yeah you I, need, I, I agree. we don't really have a a player on this team that seems to be like kind of the spark from the bench. I mean, <laughs> I, do, I don't see it with any, and I, I think it could be one of those guys. No, I, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and honestly, I think they're going to need it. Um, I, I, you know, um, moving forward and talking about Florida state. I mean, I'm just looking now. Um, they're 20th in Ken Palm, Kentucky's 15th. Mm-hmm. Like this is just as big a game uh, it, when you really think about it. And I feel like, um, you know, things have been quiet with the holiday, but I, 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 I kind of want to stake that claim out right now. Um, how Louisville responds against Florida state, a team they've pretty regularly struggled against yeah. um, in past seasons is, is really important. And I'm really looking forward. I think, there were some good takeaways from this Kentucky loss that we can feel good. You know, you know, the emergence of fresh Kimball, um, you know, the general good, good play of the front court, um, but with Perry as well. And the, it's going to take another performance, a good performance and a win. Honestly, it's kind of, it's not a must win, but it's sort of a must win for me to feel like this can still be a, a above average Louisville basketball. Season. I, mean, I, I think it's absolutely a must win because if they don't win, it's very easy to point to the narrative of Duke broke them last year, yes. Kentucky broke yeah. them this year. Yeah. That's that's a layup narrative. Uh, did you want to get your rhyme and man taken? <laughs> <laughs> I I so actually just just go ahead just just go ahead. No good. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ryan McMahon is a. <laughs> it, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I think he's an easy punching bag. Let me just say that. That's fair. I. I just I just go back and I don't I don't want to go immediately back to like what I said at the beginning of the season, but. I, I just I think in games where Ryan is is starting out one of three one of four. He doesn't need to play 28 minutes. I, I, I think that's just my biggest criticism. And he, he, I mean, he had four assists. He only, you know, he had um, only had two turnovers. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't all around terrible outing from him. It wasn't a disaster. But I just, I think especially if, if, if fresh emerges more, I just, I, you know, I'll want to see that. And, and, and it's, you know, he's a guy who can get hot very quick. 
I just, it's time and time again for me when I'm just, I see him chuck up a, th- you know, chuck up a three and miss. And what happened, what's worse about him is when he misses, he misses bad. Mm-hmm. Like I've never, like, like it's always, it always feels like, like I think he had an air ball early in the, you know, kind of halfway through the first half, if I recall correctly. It just, it, it always feels bad. And, and no, I know like defensively, you know, you put out some stats that it wasn't really um, him getting shot over, even though it felt like it was a lot. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was kind of a mirage. But it just feels like Louisville has to have a better answer than just having him there to hopefully get hot. Okay. You know? Counter argument. Two okay. things, actually. Okay. One being, um, Early in that game, it was absolutely hilarious and honestly a historical moment, if you ask me. But Tyrese Maxey got switched off of Ryan Man because he couldn't stay in front of Ryan Man and he kept fouling him. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Absolutely. Um, secondly, even if Ryan Man isn't hitting his shots, he is a shooter that teams have to account for that opens That's the floor true. for other people. That's true. So I don't think that can be underestimated. Um, it's just, it's it's the juggling of if these guys are coming in, what else do they offer? D- does it kind of over, is it better than that? So if you have a situation where Rahman Man's not making his shots, he's playing average defense, whatever's happening, happening. It's him opening up the floor, more valuable than Fresh Kimball coming in and, and breaking a few guys down. Um it, it, it's kind of juggling that. I think that's, I mean, that's that's the conversation with this team, man. It's David Johnson, Fresh Kimball, Darius Perry, mm-hmm. Ryan Man. It's that rotation right there. It really is. Because the, the, the prevailing thought and the hope is that Jordan Moore figures things out. And I, I think we give him enough faith to maybe say he figures things out. Um, whether he needs to be an elite scorer or whether he needs to be an All-American player, I don't think he needs to be an elite scorer for Louisville to do whatever they want to do. I really don't. I think he can be a 15 to 20 guy, 20 point guy a game, and I think Louisville can go as far as they want to go with that. I think right. it needs to be consistent. But the conversation with this team is the bat, is is that rotation right there. It's figuring that out. And it's not, yeah, and it's it's not easy. It's not an easy conversation. It's not an easy conversation. I think, you know, and and I probably was too hard on it at the beginning of the season, but I think my frustration with Ryan has just always been I've always felt like he's been treated like he should be the second you know, the second most important person on this team. I get when that. I, I, I didn't, and I've never thought that he was. I think that's the, that's sort of the base of it. And I, I think he's an important player. And I think he's a guy who they're going to need some nights, yeah. but I just, when we're, I, and, and it, you know, it ended up not being the case. I think, I don't think he played nearly as much in the second half as he did the first. And, you know, especially with fresh showing up. So, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's easy to look back on these stats and be like, well, you shouldn't have played much. Yeah. I mean, you but did kind of, the stretching of the floor is is incredibly important, and it's something that you know people much smarter than me, who know a lot more about basketball than me, have pointed out. So that's definitely the case as well. You did kind of see the 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 foundation of of a dominant basketball team, even in stretches in this game, and that it could be you know Stephen Enoch as as just we haven't even talked about just him <laughs> looking absolutely flashes of, of Shane Bahannon against he, Florida. Honestly, he when given the opportunity. He's, he's he just so needs bad. to, he needs to demand the ball more honestly at this point. Yeah. And it's so weird. Cause I feel like, and, and even like, 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 um, Raph talked about it and I forgot who else was, was down there. who was, we was commentating. Um, was was just like hey like he's he's got to get in better position at some points to demand the ball and it's tougher it's definitely tougher with you know bigger guys but he had 18 points still man yeah and yeah you're right it felt like at some points that he could have had 30 yeah it really did kind of ending the game there i posted the video of i guess the little drawed up i don't that's a whole other like thing is i the it looks like like little draws up a lot of plays for like shooters but there's like a lot of like the guys on Hoop Vision have talked about this, and and the guys mm-hmm. on that that big game pod have talked about like there's a lot of like counters out of the Chris Mack like offense. So like that Ryan Man shot when they were down two may have not been the play that was ran for him, but Tyrese Maxey goes under the screen. 
Um, and as I kind of pointed out and others have, the Ryan man's always going to shoot that shot because he's the best shooter on the team and you see a guy going on the screen. But a lot of people were kind of saying to, to that point that they wanted to see, you know, Enoch post up and get the ball there. And it felt like, you know, it's hard to argue that it really is. No, that makes, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Um, We've talked, we've almost talked about this game for an hour now. Well, at least 40 minutes. Uh, it deserves it. <laughs> it deserves it. It deserves it. We did, um, we did kind of go off the rails with the Papa John conversation. We did. So. We did. Uh, I want to look forward really quickly. I want to talk. Um, where does, how does this change your expectations for this little basketball team? I think that's interesting because do you think it, it solidifies things or do you think it, it takes things a step back? Because for me, it solidifies things. I mean, this this team, to me, is an Elite Eight Final Four team, and anything short of that is a disappointment. No, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. As far as, like, as far as, like, as going... You, go ahead. As far, as far as, like, going into conference play, I've seen Duke play, and they don't impress me at all. I'm not, I'm not going to be scared say. against a guy named Matthew Hurt. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not. Um, Virginia is very subpar. North Carolina is not good. <laughs> The um, landscape is what is, it, you know, I, I felt I felt some validation in this game about some of the things I felt about the Louisville team. The you know the parts that could be good, um, well at least the parts that needed to be good for them, and 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 like a road and a path to get there. Yeah, and even in the surroundingness with losing at, you know, Kentucky has lost some bad games, but they're still to me a top twenty-five team. They're still a top twenty team. So, um, you know, losing at a team like that, you know, on the road in a huge rivalry game um, and then adding that with all of this landscape, all of the different teams that are just not that good. Yeah. And I think that's that's this like, is the year for Louisville to an ACC and it hasn't changed. Yeah, that's that's the thing that gets missed in a lot of the conversation is like people are like, you know, I have some uncertainties about this Louisville team and what they can do in March. And I'm like, if you have uncertainties about them, then who do you mm-hmm. not have uncertainties about? Ohio State got housed at Minnesota, and then they lost to West Virginia, and not a good West Virginia team. Um, you know, who else? You, do you really believe in Gonzaga? Okay. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Gonzaga's going to be number one until like... <laughs> until like mid yeah and then and then they're gonna lose in the sweet 16 they're gonna get a yeah. one seed they're gonna lose in the sweet 16 We're, we know exactly what's gonna happen <laughs> i mean i mean it's the thing it's it's relative to the landscape college basketball has up years and down years this is a down year it's it's yeah mobile has as good a team as anyone and that, no ha- that hasn't it's, changed it's all about and i've been telling folks it's all about playing well in march and being healthy and yeah, i think we'll have as, as good i mean time for Louisville, it's really like setting yourself up to, to have that indie regional if you want to get like you know for real deep mm-hmm. um there's a really golden opportunity there and that would be very nice for this team no question uh i think i think that's all we've got for this game <laughs> um there was another game that i don't know if we could talk about for 40 minutes um <laughs> no. but that was louisville uh louisville's bowl game um the Music City Bowl champs yet again, this time against Michigan State or <laughs> Michigan State, uh, Mississippi State. Uh, the Cardinals won thirty-eight to twenty-eight against Mississippi State. We were talking before this, Chris, before we started recording, and you sort of you sort of mentioned that you weren't really that excited for this I, game going it just, in. It just got yeah, lost just in the shuffle of everything else. You know what it is. Like it, no, I know what it is. But in terms of you know, with that, because I felt similarly. I don't. I didn't know how big of a deal this was going to be. But yeah. it, you know, it's easy to say after you win. But it does feel like at some point this does set a foundation for next year, for feeling good about Louisville football next season. And there's no reason why they shouldn't be the number two team behind Clemson again. You know, and, yeah, I mean, and, that's and, that's kind of the way I feel. I mean, if, if Louisville, you know, if they lose to Kentucky by seven uh-huh. um, and that game's just kind of a, a ho-hum game and they, they lose on, you know, like a last-second drive, I don't think you feel like it's as desperate for Louisville to have feel-good going into the season. But after, like, the way that game ended, I thought it was very important that there was a positive showing in Nashville, and and that that did happen. So it kind of magnified things, and that 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 for me. No question, no question. Um, 
what I, I thought that was really it was a really interesting thing for for Louisville. It felt like they never really you know they went down early seven you know at the end of the first quarter it was seven to zero and then by halftime um, you know they they'd scored 10 points but it never really felt like it was like out of the way for Louisville mm-hmm. which was nice yeah. and especially in that second half just kind of took control even though Mississippi State scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter it, it just felt like Louisville was able to maintain control the entire game um, Malik Cunningham was was fantastic if you ask me um, you know 279 yards from the air um, 81 yards running uh, two touchdowns uh, both passing and then um, you know, two two Atwell, another fantastic game, 147 yards receiving, an average of 16.3 um, yards per reception. He he was stupendous and has really shown that I think he's he's going to be a guy who they talk about for the Bolitnikov next year. Yeah, um, I think you uh, you missed the most important part though. What did I miss? We successfully fielded an onside kick. We successfully fielded. <laughs> I mean that that was kick. huge right there, right? <laughs> oh yeah, no question. And but, I don't know, man. You're right because like Louisville's blown some games this season, football wise, and it just was great to see them recover. And it sort of was the cap off of a, a, just a great season, just a fantastic season. We didn't, just, man. We didn't expect. We didn't expect this. When you just think about it, I've went back and forth on like a lot of this because I know the ACC's down. I know there was talent on this team, so maybe like the whole narrative about you know this happening is overblown. But I mean, two wins to eight wins is just—it's awesome. Like it's yeah. it's it's really it's really a big deal. Like it really really is. Yes. Um, there are people that have mentioned. You know, I don't necessarily buy into, it, but there are people that have mentioned Scott Satterfield for National Coach of the Year. Um, and that just kind of speaks to, to what happened with this season. It's just, I don't know. I never expected this to happen. And capping it off with the bow win really does set things up for for next season. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that's kind of like kind of all I got. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot we can take from everything. Uh, you know, is I, I think it's just a good kind of cap for for Satterfield's first season. And and I saw a post on one of the message boards of just what other like fan bases were saying on Twitter, on their message boards, and things like that. And it seems like he's earning a lot of respect across the country, which is always great. Um, I'm always a fan of when people like your coach. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I mean, I, like I care too much about what other people think. You. you <laughs> kind of seen like Miami just like do whatever they've done for like the last three to four years to have just enormous talent and never win games which is amazing and then you've seen things that have happened with Florida State so for Louisville just to kind of be able to like flip the switch in one year is there's something there's something to be there's something to be said for like being average but it's not even that it's above average um so yeah what were your thoughts about uh the Bobby Petrino being on the plane on the way back to Louisville? I had to get that in here. Oh man, I, I just what would you say, Chris? What would you say if you sat next to Bobby Petrino? I thought because you gotta make you gotta make a comment. You posted that. Um, you go, I, like you go into Derby, you go into Derby. I feel year. like hundred percent. I would say something to it. <laughs> no, no question. Um, Bobby going to Derby, you know. It depends on if it was like a weekend. I would probably say something about did you see Lamar today, or like something along those lines because that would be like an obvious easiest like like segue. Did you <laughs> see the Music City Bowl? That'd be great. Um, oh man, have you have you seen Malik Cunningham this year? What do you think about his, him changing his name from Malik to Mikel? That's that's the question right there. What I do you Malik Cunningham like three times in this segment and that yeah. was terrible. That's great. That, that that's my question. What do you think about Malik changing his name to Mikel? <laughs> Did he ever say his name was Mikel to you beforehand? <laughs> he he doesn't live in Louisville though, right? <laughs> I don't. I I think he's got a house still. I haven't seen. Normally, you see like the oh they're selling their house story, and I haven't seen that for him. That remains so. the most interesting thing about Bobby Petrino. If he still has a house in Louisville, that's awesome. <laughs> He can't be that popular. Uh, any last words, Chris? I think we're, we're 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 bringing this one to an end. You got any random thoughts on the on the decade that we can? <laughs> anything else that you that you? Uh, um, I will say Robert Gronkowski on the New Year's special was not funny at all. You, and, I saw this tweet I'm, and I'm gonna fight you because I disagree. <laughs> I dude, disagree. no. Steve Harvey is extremely overrated. First of all. 
And Robert Gronkowski, to me, is not funny in the slightest. Really? Not at all. It feels forced he's to me. Got, he's, got, he's got one lane, I will say that. Yeah. I actually enjoy him on the Fox show because it's like – it's almost like seeing your boy who you know got too drunk too much like blow up. Get that. And just be like, hey, I'm going to talk about football seriously with people who like do it for a living here, even though I was the guy who just did keg stands. No, I, so I, get that. I get that. Was that, the, was that the New Year's network that you watch? No, we watched uh, – we, we always watch the ball drop with uh with with ryan seacrest on it on on abc I watched, but we uh, uh we do, did a lot of cnn with anderson cooper and andy cohen that looked great honestly by the way it's it's ridiculous they drink and uh they talk about things that are not suitable for work and uh it's a good time yeah anderson yeah, yeah. cooper took a shot and just like acted like he'd never taken a shot before it was the funniest thing <laughs> anderson cooper taking a shot of jaeger is probably the most like out of place thing that i can possibly think of that's great <laughs> Um, I watched with uh, Mr. TRL himself. I can't think of the name. Carson Daly. Carson Daly <laughs> on NBC. It's always an experience. It's not good, um, but it's <laughs> but it's always an experience. That's for sure. Uh, they did a little like um, some random people that he had with him did a little like dance thing of like dances through the decade. Um, oh no! And it just kind of pointed out how like uninspiring. <laughs> well, well, that but like uninspiring and uncreative the dad was comparison to like like everything else like it's funny that like the dab happened after like gangnam style and like that was so like in depth and then you just have a dude just putting his head on his forehead like that was not creative at all man i'm dying i'm dying oh i think we gotta close it out we gotta close it on that um yeah, that's going to be wait, why the dab is the dab, uh, un, the uninspiring dab. I think it's going to be like the episode title yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah that's, that sounds good to me. We'll, we'll see that you guys next time. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening in. Uh, appreciate it. Hope you had a great holiday and we will talk to you next week. Take care.